Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Okay, well, you know, we have, um, we're about to start a new GT season, uh, trimester here. We're going to talk more about that here at the end of the service. But the theme for our GTs is hearing God's voice. And we're going to press into getting to know God's voice. So I want to start this out a little bit today and hopefully, Lord willing, next week, talking about this wonderful thing that you and I get. And so, Lord, we just uh, give this to you even right now and ask that you would speak to us clearly and help us even more, Lord, to understand what you're saying and to open up our spirit, our ears spiritually, naturally, in every way to what you're saying. Lord, I pray that this relationship with you would take off in an amazing adventure for all of us in here. We just invite you, Holy Spirit, to add to my words and to speak to every single one here today. In Jesus' name. You know, something marvelous happens when a person becomes born again. Many, many things happen when you become born again. I know this is basic, but it's also revolutionary and something to think about and remember what God has done for you. Think about for a moment, even just a a quick second, the moment you got saved, what God did for you, the freeing that he did for you, the forgiving, the cleansing, the washing, the brand new life where the Bible says everything became new. You became a new creature. Someone different than you used to be. A lot of things fell off. And so when you not only believed in Jesus, but you gave your life to him, everything began to change. And that, again, not just believing in Jesus, says that the demons believe, right? So being a follower of Jesus, a Christian, a born again as Jesus, that's the term Jesus used once with Nicodemus. Being born again doesn't mean just a believer in Jesus, because the demons believe, but it's a follower of Jesus and someone who has aligned themselves with him, being invited him to fill their lives with his spirit and to walk in his ways, right? That's part of this experience, and it's, it's an experience. It's by faith, but it's also reality, and it's a rebirthing where things that you used to do and the person you used to be dies, goes away. You're a different person. So it's, it's this, there's a lot of times in, I would say, our cultural Christianity where it's simply, oh, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus now. I've added him to my life and I'm now going to church. That's not what this is. This isn't just going to church. This is a revolution that's happened on the inside of you where we are different And we are not following our own lusts, the things that we would like to do. We're not pursuing just things that we want. It's like, okay, I'm following Jesus, the one who gave his life for me. Now what do you want me to do? How do you want me to live my life? It's a completely different lifestyle. And this reborn person that has just come to life, been awakened, born again, means also you're a son and daughter, a son and daughter with a father that 
cares about you, loves you, loves me, and not just cares, but talks. He communicates. I don't know of a relationship on the planet that is any good if the people are not communicating. Whether it's a friendship, or it's a marriage, or it's a family member, or it's between kids and parents, doesn't matter what it is, any relationship that is going to be a good relationship, that's going to be a deep relationship, there's communication. Both ways, not just one way. It's not just one person asking for things either, right? Although the Bible does tell us to ask and knock and seek, and he will give. But it's not just that. This is more important than that. It is this relationship that you and I have with God. 1 John 1 verse 3 says, what we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship, this communication, this relationship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That's who I have fellowship with. You and I, we have fellowship with the Father and the Son, and you can look in the scriptures as well, and with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. We have fellowship with the Spirit. We have fellowship with Jesus. We have fellowship with the Father. And fellowship means it's not just one way. I am also listening. Jesus said himself, this is eternal life, John 17, 3, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is what eternal life is. Eternal life is knowing God, Amen. knowing Jesus. And eternal life starts the moment you know him, and it continues forever. What we will be doing, you and I, forever and ever, is getting to know God more and more and more and better and better and closer and closer. But we get to right now, not know about only, but to genuinely have interchange and to know him. I am concerned, honestly, that on that day when Jesus returns, we read it in, in Matthew chapter seven, right? He said, there are many, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, and he's gonna say, I never, what? I never knew you. We didn't have exchange. You knew about me, but we didn't have an exchange. You weren't listening. You weren't communicating with me in a way where this was a relationship. You knew about me. And may that not be for anyone in this room or anyone watching. May we all really genuinely know him. Know him, know him. Before um, our children, we had five sons. A uh, few of them are here today. Before they were born, I remember the miracle of watching my wife's stomach grow. And then seeing the movements, elbows, fists, knees, whatever, feet, going across there. I remember feeling that on my hand. And I put my ear on there and hear the swooshing and, you know, all those things and get kicked, you know. And then I'd start talking to them. I would talk to her belly. Hey, you in there. I'm going to get to meet you one day. How's it going in there? I'm praying for you. I love you. I'm trying to imagine what you're going to look like. 
I would do that kind of thing. We would talk to our children before they ever came out. And to them, it was probably like, <laughs> because there's skin and there's muscle and then there's the bag of waters. You ever heard someone talk when you're in the swimming pool and they're outside on the edge? You don't hear much. You might hear some noise. That's basically what a baby's hearing is just gar gargling noises. But then when they were born, every one of them, I think they had some sort of recognition that that's a voice I've heard before to some degree, but they didn't know my language. So they had to learn the language. I'm going to talk to them from when they're a baby. But they have to grow and begin to learn my language so they know what I'm saying. Then we have more and more communication, right? Well, it's the same thing. Jesus says, you must be born again. When we're born again. We may have heard muffled gargling noises during our lifetime, but when you're born again, all of a sudden, you begin to hear God for real, and then we go on a discovery, a quest of discovery for the rest of our lives of how do you communicate to me? What is your language, God? And I want to figure out the ways you speak. I don't want to just assume you should speak this way to me. And for much of my life, I did the latter. I assumed God only spoke two different ways, through his word, which he does, and through a pastor or a minister. That was basically my grid for understanding the languages or the language of God. And I've learned that he speaks a whole lot more than that. He does speak through his word, maybe even primarily through his word. But he uses many other ways to communicate with us because he's God, first off. And I'll mention some other things. But Jesus says this, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep, are you his sheep, one of his sheep? So this is a promise from heaven for every single follower of Jesus. If you're a sheep, then you know his voice, you follow him, and you get to know him. That's a promise. So if you go, well, you know, I can't hear like other people. Guess what? You can. You just aren't understanding his speaking yet, his language yet. But you can. And that's part of what this life is about. I'm still discovering. I've known the Lord for 47, 46 years. And I am still learning different ways that he communicates to me. And going, oh my goodness, I learned one last week that I didn't understand. I didn't realize he would do that. It was it's really fun. This is part of how this works. Just as a, you know, one of the things I love to do, I was looking at some humongous woodpeckers out behind our building the other day. Beautiful, spectacular, pileated woodpeckers. And just thinking how God's creativity in making these creatures, but just how God made birds to fly he made you to have relationship with him. Think about that. You were made, unlike every other animal, unlike every other creature, anything else that he made, you, he, was, he made you in his image to communicate with you, to have fellowship with you, to have relationship with you, not just to have a bunch of people following rules and regulations and saying Christian things. We were meant to know God, to hear him, to be heard, 
but to hear him and to have fellowship with him. Isaiah 50, verse 4 says, He awakens my ear. He, how about that one? He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. Here's something God wants to do for every single one of us, to awaken our ears. If your ear is awakened, you hear things you were not hearing before. So how about we just ask the Lord to do that right now? Lord, would you awaken our ears, even right now and for the rest of our lives, awaken our ears to hear as a disciple, to hear you in the middle of the day, in the middle of the night, in the morning, in the evening. Lord, whenever you want to, speak to us. Lord, may our ears be awakened. In Jesus' name. Let's read this uh, story in 1 Samuel. I love this story. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. If you have your Bible with you, it'll be up on the screen. Read several verses here. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli. Remember this story? Basically, Eli was raising him. Samuel's mom, Hannah, dedicated him to the Lord, gave him to Eli to raise. And the word from the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were infrequent, unlike today. Verse 2, and it happened at the time, at that time, as Eli was lying down in his place, now his eyesight had begun to grow dim, and he could not see well, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. So Samuel is sleeping next to the ark of the covenant. Eli's in his room. Verse 4, that the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel said, here I am. Then he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. He woke up Eli. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel rose, went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. And he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. You know, when your kids wake you up through the night, when you're a new parent and here he is, he's like, please, just go to sleep. I didn't say anything to you. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. He did not know the Lord. In other words, he didn't know his voice yet, right? Right? nor had the word of the Lord been revealed to him. The language of God had not been revealed to him yet. So the Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. He's so convinced this is Eli. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you shall say, you're going to respond this time. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10, then the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, this time, he didn't run to get Eli. He said, speak for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. And he gives him a whole message. And you can stop reading there because it's a crazy story. 
Samuel is sleeping next to the Ark of the Covenant, hears a voice, thinks it's Eli. God, in that moment, sounds like Eli to him. So much so that he went three times to his room and he hears that voice until he had some understanding from Eli that that is the Lord's voice. Might sound like mine, but it's God. So when you hear that voice, respond. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. God gives us some beautiful clues here for living and understanding his voice today. And in some beautiful ways as well. Samuel was lying next to the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God. It's where the presence of God was basically at that time in the temple, and the Ark represented the presence of God. You and I now are the Ark of the Covenant. You realize that, right? It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you are the temple of God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now lives in you. He wasn't living in a box for a while. Now the Spirit of God has moved to the inside of you and you're the mobile Ark of the Covenant, the place that God has a covenant with Jesus. We entered into that by faith and now his Spirit resides inside of us. So since he's inside of us, he can communicate not just from the outside like to Eli, excuse me, like to Samuel then, using a voice that sounded like Eli, but he's moved to the inside of us, meaning he's connected to every part of who we are connected to our brain in every way, all of our memories, our spirit, our senses, and he can talk to us in any way that he wants to from the inside if we're listening, if our ear has been awakened and we're paying attention. It's so interesting. If you read not only through the the Bible at the prophets and how they heard God, some weird ways, to prophets nowadays, to my own experiences, God speaks in unusual ways. And for most of my life, I threw away 99% of the way he was talking to me because I didn't think he would do that. And I just um, chalked it up as that's me or that was just something. So part of my discovery has been figuring this out. And I'm gonna tell you a little bit how it started, uh, part of my journey Again, I told you I only thought God spoke through the Bible and through a pastor. And then um, I was at a Bible school in Charlotte uh, a long time ago, 28 years ago. And so I was in my late 20s. And uh, I was in this class and the the instructor said, you know, we're going to do something that's a little different today for class. And he grabbed a chair and he put the chair right in front of the class and he grabbed a student that was in the classroom. His name's Corey. He said, Corey, can you sit here? So Corey's sitting at the front, looking at all of us. We're looking at him. And he said, okay, here's what we're going to do as a class today. We're going to all close our eyes and ask the Lord, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit for something that he might want to say to Corey. So let's close our eyes, get quiet, and just be open to anything the Lord might say. Now, Here's what was going on in my head, because I had this grid. First off, I'm thinking, why didn't God just talk to Corey? <laughs> that was the first thing that went through my head. Second thing that went through my head was, I don't think he's going to tell me anything to give to him. And I also had some other things in my head that if it, 
If I said that God said something, it better be perfect or lightning might strike me. That, that, was, that was basically my mindset, okay? So, but I thought, you know what? I am in class and I'm here to learn. So maybe there's something I don't know about this. So I closed my eyes, asked the Lord to show me anything he wanted to show me or speak to me for Corey. And in my mind, I got nothing. In fact, not only did I get nothing, I started to daydream. Have you ever been praying and you begin daydreaming? Has that ever happened to anybody in here? You're, you're supposed to be praying, if you're honest, and you daydream. So that's what happened to me. I'm daydreaming. And then time's over, and then he starts calling. Okay, does anybody get anything? And people are raising their hands around the room, and I am not. I'm staring at the floor. You know what happens oftentimes? You stare at the floor, and the teacher sees you doing that, right? <laughs> Matt, what did you get? I said, nothing. And he said, um, he said, I think you did. He said, okay, not what did you get. What were you thinking about while we were praying? And I thought, oh, boy, that's a completely different question. <laughs> But this is important. What were you thinking about while we asked the Holy Spirit to speak to us? What did you begin thinking about? And I, you know, embarrassingly said, ah, you know, for some reason, I started thinking about a friend of mine who I know several years ago went to Guatemala and adopted a baby. I don't know why I started thinking about her doing that. And... Um, my wife, who was sitting next to me, she was in the class too, she said, I was thinking about adoption also. And we all looked at Corey, and the class leader said, Corey, would you like to tell the class what you and your wife were praying about and you're asking God to speak to you about? And he said, we were thinking about adopting a child from Guatemala. <laughs> from Guatemala. I thought, you've got to be joking. My daydream after I prayed was God speaking. That changes your prayer life. That changes your relationship with the Lord instantly because now it's not just about me praying and waiting for some sort of shivers or a scripture to pop up, but God could speak to you in any way that he wants to. And sometimes he will use someone that you know to come to your mind so we're talking about God. He's, he has access to every part, every part of your hard drive. Every memory, every experience you've ever had, and I have st now story after story of how God will use experiences I've had in my past, some weren't so good, to speak to me when I'm praying for someone else, if I'm paying attention. So do you think that that moment was encouraging for Corey and his wife to do what was in their heart to do? Absolutely. That was incredibly encouraging. And the, I then went, oh my goodness, God. Here I, I was 26, I think, at the time. Here I've lived 26 years, 19 of those knowing you, and I have not paid attention to what you've been saying to me. I've discounted every daydream while I've been praying. I've discounted the small ways that you might be speaking or the unusual ways and it, because it wasn't necessarily a relationship with him in a way, I was following him to the best of my ability, but I wasn't, I wasn't listening. 
very well. Anyway, so that started this journey for me, a personal experience that really started to change. I started to pay attention to what I'm thinking and feeling when I pray and when I ask the Lord for something, or just when I'm driving. I mean, honestly, how we got to this church and how we are here right now was part of this. You know, as I started to drive up here for the very first time, this number 2000 just stood out to me. It was a sign on the side of the road. It was the year 2002. And then I got to this little building I was looking at, and I said, you know, what's, you know, tell me about this building. I said, the first thing the realtor said was, well, this is exactly 2,000 square feet. Well, that was the number God gave me on the way up there to be paying attention to. I was like, oh my goodness, Lord, thank you. Thank you. So God uses these things if we are paying attention. Let's read Luke chapter 11. Verse 5. Read a few verses here. It says, then he said to them, this is Jesus speaking, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, so I'll just use this example, so Tony's my friend. So I go to Tony at midnight, and I say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For another friend of mine, Ed here, Ed has come to me from a journey from a long distance, and I have no food for him. And from inside, Tony, he wouldn't do this in real life, but inside, Tony says, do not bother me. The door has already been shut. My children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. Jesus says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, I keep knocking. Tony, I know you're in there. And you're my friend. You'll forgive me later, but I need bread. It says there, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him how much? As much as he needs, Tony then brings out 10 loaves of bread for me and gives them to me. And Jesus says, verse 9, so I say to you, ask and it will be given you. And what's the context of asking in this case? For someone else. Is that right? The bread wasn't for me. It was for Ed. And Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. Again, this is for another person. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he is asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? 13, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Give the Holy Spirit to help someone else. So God doesn't just speak to us personally, though he will. He also will give us as much as we need to give away to help someone else. That's a beautiful thing. Every time I used to be on prophetic teams, we have prophetic teams here where they're asking God for a word. Every time I was on a team, I would remind the Lord of Luke 11. Lord, someone's going to come in here and they need something for you, and I'm just taking you at your word right here. As much as I ask and as much as they need, you're going to give to me to give away of encouragement. And that it will work. It, and God loves to do this. I'm going to use my son as an example. My son here today, my oldest one, Josiah, is here today. 
Yeah, from, they live in Texas. He and his new wife. How about that? Gracie. I have a daughter-in-law now. Um, when Josiah was probably three, I'm trying to remember his exact age, I don't remember. Uh, we were in a worship service, and uh, I had him on my shoulders. And the worship is going on, and we're dancing around, you know, worshiping. And all of a sudden, he leans over in my ear and says, Papa, that's what he called me, Papa. And I said, what? I couldn't hear what he was saying, so I took him down. I said, what? And he said, uh, do you have some money? <laughs> it's in the middle of worship. In my mind, I immediately went to, in our church at that time, had a Coke machine at the, in the lobby. And that's what came to my mind, that that's why he was wanting money. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I don't want to give you a dollar for a Coke. And I said, what's it for? And he pointed to someone who was worshiping up front, but he didn't know. And he said, I don't want to give money to that man. Now, when he said that, what did I do? <laughs> I, I ran my hand in my pocket, and I pulled out cash, and I handed it to this little guy and set him down. And I'll never forget this. He took this money and just started weaving in and out of people. People were standing up all over the front worshiping. He just started weaving through people, got to this one guy who was worshiping up front, started tugging on his pants. The guy feels it, and he looks around, and he keeps worshiping, and he keeps tugging, and he looks down, and he sees this little boy. And as soon as they locked eyes, Josiah held up his hand with my money, like this to him, and this guy takes it, like looks around like, where is your parent? puts it in his pocket and just starts praising the Lord. Probably answered a prayer maybe he had in that very moment of this man. And Josiah comes right back to me, back on the shoulders, as if this is a normal thing you do every day. But what happened in me as a dad is I went, aha, that's how Luke 11 works. You are so ready to give as much as is needed. I'm asking not just for me, I'm asking for someone else. And God will give things away. He will speak to me on behalf and to help and to encourage and to build up and to edify, which is what 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 3 says. The prophetic words are to build up, to encourage, and to edify. And you can all prophesy, it says in 1 Corinthians 14. Every single person. Not predicting the future necessarily, but encouraging, building up, and edifying. And the Lord loves to do this. He loves to use us in this way. It's so powerful. Let me tell you one more story and I'll be done here. But um, as I was growing in this and learning about this, and it began to get exciting to me to ask the Lord on behalf of someone else and to pay attention to what he might be saying to me in unusual ways and not just always assume that's me. Okay, just that, just that switch right there. So I went on a trip to Switzerland uh, it was a ministry trip. We were ministering there for 10 days um, with this wonderful church. And the first day I got there, as I'm meeting and seeing some of their leadership team, I see this woman on their leadership team. She doesn't speak any English. They speak Swiss German there. And, uh, but the moment I see her, she instantly reminds me of my mom's best friend. And I can't get it. It's like, what is it? Every time I look at her, she looks just reminds me of my mom's best friend. So I start thinking, said, Lord, 
I think you're trying to speak to me about something for her, but I don't understand what it is. Would you show me what this means? And the only thing I could think of was my mom's best friend has um, two kids and, you know, she's a teacher. That's all I could think of, and I felt like there's something more. So I'm there 10 days. I ask the Lord every day, what is this? What is this? What is this? Show me what this means. On the last day we were there, we're supposed to minister to their leadership team. And I asked again, I said, Lord, what is it about this woman? And um, the reason I was asking about this is because in 2 Kings chapter 15, when Elisha and Elijah, remember those two guys, Elisha's following Elijah, and the Lord tells him, if you see him go up, you're going to get a double portion, right? So Elisha stays with him. He sees Elijah get taken up into into the clouds. The mantle falls down. He grabs the mantle. He hits the water. The water splits. He walks through it. When he gets back to town, the sons of the prophets are waiting. And when they see Elisha, what happens? They say, we see the spirit of Elijah on you. You look like Elijah now. There was a resemblance now of Elijah on this man, Elisha. So now, based on that scripture, I could see that when someone reminds me of someone else, there's something God is trying to say to me. And in fact, this probably happens to you guys much more than you realize. For you who are married, how many times have one of you looked at someone and thought, doesn't that look like so-and-so? And you tell your spouse, and they say, no. <laughs> That's because God's talking to you, not to them. That actually is even a signature that this is God speaking to you because they don't in the natural look like that person. But if you pay attention, okay, Lord, I'm listening, what are you saying about this person that's like the person that I'm thinking about? So on my 10th day in Switzerland, I asked the Lord, and all of a sudden, it just, the Lord just revealed more to me. And he said, or just reminded me, no, she doesn't have two children, she has three. I just never met the oldest one. The oldest one was a boy, he moved away, I never got to meet him. And then the Lord starts speaking to me about him a little bit for this woman. So I took a risk. I got to her. Her name is Hannah. And again, no English, so everything's getting interpreted, translated. And I said, Hannah, I believe that you have three children, and the oldest one is a boy. And he's gone now, but the Lord wants you to know that his heart is in the Lord's hands. He's with him. And she and her husband, her husband was there, they started weeping. And I didn't understand why they were crying. I thought, I may have said something really bad or really wrong. But the translator said, Matt, can you come with me? And he took me out of the room. (laughs) Into the hallway. And he did this. He grabbed my shirt and he said, how did you know that? I said, no what? And he said, this is Hannah and her husband. They have three children. And the oldest one is a boy, their son, their oldest son. And a year ago, he died. He drowned off the coast of Africa when he was swimming. And they didn't know if he was saved. They didn't know if he knew Jesus yet. So they've been praying throughout this year, begging to hear from heaven, is he with you, Lord? Is he with you, Lord? Is he with you, Lord? And you came here today 
and said that he's gone now, but his heart is with God. And it healed their hearts. You imagine that as a parent. That is, I mean, that's like the number one thing. And how God did that, and I had no clue. I had no clue. And all this has to do with learning the language of God. Because he's talking. Someone's going to look like someone else. And if you just stop and go, okay, Lord, are you saying something to me? Holy Spirit, show me what that means so I can pass that along to someone else, so I can give bread to someone else. God wants to do that. You can do that for yourself as well in a, in a moment when you need an answer or you're just wondering what the Lord has to say. You just say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? I'm a disciple. My ears are open. I'm listening. Oswald Chambers said this. He said, if you say, like Samuel did, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Life becomes an adventure. And it's so true. If we will, like Samuel, say, speak, Lord, your servant, Matt, I'm listening. Because there are a lot of noises out there. There are a lot of things to watch. There are a lot of things to look at. But God wants to speak to us to help us, but also to help other people. And sometimes it's to bring comfort like it was to Hannah. That's prophetic. That's a word of comfort. Sometimes it's encouragement, like what happened today as we were ordaining these people. Encouraging words for them. God wants to use each one of us. I'm no different than you. I'm just as clueless as anybody else. But I'm learning and growing and asking, and God will speak to us. So how about we do this as we close? Why don't we just take a moment... and tune out that noise. <laughs> and let's just close our eyes. Would you do this with me for a moment? And let's just do what Samuel did. We say, Holy Spirit, Father, Jesus, we want to know you more than we know you now. We want to hear you more than we've ever heard you. We want to understand your language and get into your world instead of always expecting you to get into ours. And even right now, you said that you awaken our ears to listen as a disciple. So like Samuel, we say, speak, Lord. We're listening. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.